Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford, Woking and Aldershot in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. So as you can see, we've got Bill with us. He's our town, what's his official title? Well, you've just been practicing it. I know, <laughs> town <laughs> Guildford <laughs> Pastor. Pastor Guildford right Town. Way. Yeah, town Pastor for Guildford. Town yeah. Pastor for Guildford, there you there go. go. You heard it here first, if you didn't there know it already. <laughs> um, so, Bill, we are going to obviously ask you a few questions yep. because you've got a book. Yeah, book coming out, 30th of September. Uh, it's called That Gentle Whisper, and yeah, it's about learning to recognise God's voice in a noisy world. Amazing, amazing. Sounds super cool. Now, before we ask you a few questions, we wanted to ask you just a bit of a fun question yeah. so that, you know, for everyone to get to know you. So, at home, we do this thing when people come round, yeah. it's like, what's your favourite food? Because you can tell a lot about a person by their favourite food. I do, okay. So, we're just wondering what your favourite food was. Oh, goodness, <laughs> uh, steak, egg and chips. Oh, okay. <laughs> That sounds off the top good. of my head, ask me in a couple of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll I mean, you're pasta. <laughs> yeah, you're on the spot there. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> okay, cool. So, just tell us a little bit about the book. We'd love to hear, you know, a little bit about it. Um, so, um, I never really planned to write a book. What happened was um, Stephanie, who uh, owns Muddy Pearl, just uh, came up to me at the end of a service and said, "Have you ever thought about writing a book?" And I, people had said to me before. Would you, you should write a book. And I was like, I haven't got time. I haven't really got anything interesting to say. Uh, at least anyone, I mean, what I think, I think I've got interesting things to say all the time, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, she said to me, would you think about consider writing a book? And I said, well, I haven't really got time and uh, I haven't really got anything to say. I said, but I did run, I do run this course at church called, uh, it was kind of learning to hear God's voice course. So I said, you can, I can send you the talks, and if you like them, you can see what you can do, but I have no time to write a book. So, so I, sent, I picked the sort of six worst t- talks and sent them to her, and she said, oh, no, I think it could be, this could be the basis of quite a good book. So I said, so she said, well, why don't, I'll transcribe them, we'll transcribe them. So she transcribed them, and I still said, oh, I haven't got time to write a book. She said, well, we'll transcribe them and take it from there. And so they sent me the transcripts, and they were so awful that like I read them and I thought I don't finish sentences I just go off on sort of strange cul-de-sacs all the time <laughs> so I, I, I so I just rewrote I started rewriting it and before kind of I knew what had happened I'd, I'd rewritten it and added a few more bits and I still wasn't sure whether I was de- definitely wanted to do to do it because I think there's something about writing a book when you and there's quite a lot of personal stories in it mm-hmm. where um, you think actually, do I want the world's, I mean, not the world, it'd be my mum and her friends basically who read it, but, <laughs> but or do I want this to be out there? And I was talking to a friend about it and she said, well, what you got to lose? And I thought, well, you know, my friends, my reputation, possibly my job. But she said, look, I think you're just overthinking it. Just like most people aren't going to read it and the people who will, will probably really like it. So that's when we kind of push the go button. Really, so. so what's the hope then for people who do read it? I guess, Aside from your, your mum and, and my mum and her friends, um, I think what my hope is is that um, we come up in church with all these kind of spiritual words for things like the prophetic, and that I don't know about for you, but um, that's quite an intimidating word. And 
actually what it is, it's really simple. It's just how to recognise when God's speaking to you and whether he's speaking to you about you or about somebody else. And I, I guess I, I wanted something that was that anybody could read and think, I can do that. You know, and as much as it's got anything to do with us, I could do that. Um, and then there's just lots of stories in it about what happens when you take a risk and step out. So, so that's really, I just want it to be accessible, uh, non-intimidating and kind of human. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. Sounds great. Um, as you said, there's a lot of stories. Would you mind yes. sharing one of those stories with us? Yes. Um, do you want a funny one or do you want an intense one? Start funny. Okay, start funny. <laughs> so I think, you know, oftentimes we think that God's got to speak to us, if not that funny, but um, sort of through a booming voice or, you know, primarily I believe that God speaks to us through the Bible, you know, which is why it's so important that we read the Bible. Mm. Um, because I think, first of all, the Bible is the benchmark. So if we think God's speaking to us and it doesn't reflect the character of Jesus as revealed in the Bible and the nature and his nature and the things that he'd say, it's, pro you know, it might, it's probably not him. And I think the second thing is that love is the benchmark. You know, 1 Corinthians 14, well, 1 Corinthians 12 talks all about the spiritual gifts. Then you've got 1 Corinthians 13, which talks all about love. And then 1 Corinthians 14, the first verse is, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy. So you cannot, you know, the whole point is, love is the standard and love is the key. And love, you know, the basis of everything that we, when we talk about hearing God's voice is his love for people. I think it's just really important to say that. But I think so. But we expect, you know, often we say God speak to me and we want kind of, you know, fire in the sky or, you know, booming voices. And what I've learned is, is that God often speaks to us uh, in the ordinary. Uh, so, you know, he it was he Moses saw this bush on fire in the desert, which I don't know, you know, it's hot climate, you know, trees, bushes do catch on fire. But there was some, he recognised something different and sort of went towards it. And I think in the mm -hmm. same way, it's learning to recognise God hiding himself in the ordinary. And one of the ways he hides himself in the ordinary is he speaks to other people. And so I'd really been thinking, well, I knew that I wanted to marry Nikki after I'd been going out with her for two weeks. <laughs> and um, I wasn't particularly subtle about, you know, I'm not a particularly subtle person. And so um, I bought a kind of fake plastic ring a purple one because I, I knew her well enough to know that she uh, would want to choose her own ring and so just she walked into this supermarket in Market Harbour a co-op and I just thought right I'm gonna ask her to marry me when she comes out <laughs> and so I just thought okay I, I was like Lord I don't know what to do I don't know what to do I'm sort of waiting for you know the booming voice or the fire in the sky yeah. or the angel to appear and then I just thought I just had this thought phone a friend so I phoned um, my friend Rick and um, his wife answered the phone and I said, um, is Rick there, is Rick there? And she goes, no, is it important? I said, yes, I'm about to ask Nikki to marry me. And she goes, where are you? I said, I'm sat outside co-op in Market Harbour. <laughs> uh, and she goes, and you're gonna to propose to her when she comes out? And I said, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. And she was like, okay, right, Bill, two things. First of all, don't do it now. Yeah. And secondly, wait for Rick to call you back. And, I, 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 and Rick called me back sort of 50 minutes later. And we just had a really good chat about it. And, and actually this, the advice that he gave me was really good just in terms of thinking it through. And, and it was an answer to a prayer and it was God speaking, but it just wasn't in a way that I had expected him to speak. Mm, yeah. So I think that's just a sort of trivial example of how God, if we, if we are open, God, and begin to recognise his voice, he will speak to us to all sorts of people yeah. in all sorts of ways, yeah. even in a car outside the co-op in Market Harbour. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. 
So one thing that I think is really great about you, Bill, is um, often when you speak, you actually are very good in that you speak out of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's the same in the book. Um, have you got any stories that you know are a little harder that you, you know where you've had to be a little bit vulnerable? Um, and also, you know, why share those stories? Um, that's a great question, Jake. I think. Um, there are quite a few, I mean, in the book, I just, I try to tell it as it is. So mm -hmm. there are times when it goes, it goes really well. And there are times, mm -hmm. there are a couple of times in the book where it just goes really, like, it's really badly wrong. Yeah. And I think it's important because otherwise you just kind of get the greatest hits. And that's quite intimidating for people. But I think, so this isn't, this is a time when I got it right. But I think, and I think every time you step out, you feel vulnerable because you're, you're, trusting that what you have a hunch is God is God speaking to you and that's always scary and a little bit vulnerable so um, but anyway this I probably um, this one time um, I was at this conference it's in the book and I had this dream about um, I won't I won't go into too much detail but I had this dream and I about this couple who who were at this conference I didn't know who they were and because of the nature of it it felt really super sensitive you know and I wasn't quite sure what it meant. And so I talked to a, you know, really important in those situations to talk to somebody who actually does know what they're doing or knows what they're doing better more than you do. Yeah. And I, and, you know, he just said, just sit with it, just, you know, sit with it, let it come into focus. So I did. And then a day later at the end of the, at the end of that day of the conference, I, I just stood up and I shared this. I said, that I think there's a couple here and I, I think um, you know you've been struggling to con conceive, and I'd love to meet with you and to talk to you. Wow. And just because of the nature, that's a massively mm. personal thing. Yeah. And so, uh, and everyone was kind of hovering around after us. And I saw this couple; they just caught my eye, um, just on the just just sort of they were standing sort of by a pillar. And so I I kind of worked out with them. So I sort of smiled, and we went into another room, and I just shared this dream I had with them, and. You know, you're, you're, you're talking about people who are experiencing extraordinary pain, you know, who are struggling to find out, see God in the whole situation. Mm. And um, by the end of it, you know, they're literally sobbing. I am, yeah, I'm, you know, crying too, because it's just, this is, you're really experiencing people's pain. Mm. Uh, which is, a, you're, it requires you to be empathetic in a way that means you have to be vulnerable. You know, like, it would you can't detach yourself from what these people's experience is. And particularly as you're the person who's shared this thing. So anyway, so um, I just said to them, uh, you know, I, I said something to them about just trusting God one more time. And, and then I prayed for them and then they kind of went. And I didn't really think any more about it. And then just, uh, just under a year, 10 months later, I was walked into our church office and there's the receptionist said, oh, there's someone here to see you. And this lady was standing there and said, do you remember me? And to be honest with you, I, I didn't really, because, you know, the, the, the nature of church is you meet so many people yeah. all the time. And she said, oh, and then she reminded, and I said, oh, yes, of course I remind you. And she said, I want, I want you to meet somebody. And she st stepped back and there was this pram. Wow. And they had, this couple had conceived. Amazing. Literally, almost like I would say the day after the conference, but I don't know. But like you know, just after the conference, so Amazing. it was ten months later. Wow! So you know, stories like that. I think it, it, when you're dealing with people who are 
you know, what I've noticed is that God often intervenes in situations where people are struggling or finding things difficult. And so you can't just charge in there. So I think you have to, it's being vulnerable in the sense you're putting yourself out there, but you're also recognising the people you're putting yourself out there too. And you're taking sort of calculated risk because normally I sort of ask lots of questions. But it, it, you're stepping into a place of people's, you know, questions or pain or whatever. And I think that that is an amazing privilege, but it just requires, you know, that's why love, as I said, is so important. Um, yeah. Amazing. Wow. Um, yeah, so as you mentioned, um, yeah, a key part of your book is prophecy. Mm. We were wondering if there were um, scriptures that have helped your understanding of prophecy that you could share. Yeah, so like I, I mean, I already said about, um, you know, 1 Corinthians 14, but I think it's worth um, just reading again. And, you'll, you, of course, you know this, but, um, you know, 1 Corinthians, at least some of it, is talking about how to do the supernatural in church in a way that is natural yeah mm-hmm. and so you've got Paul talks about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and then I think funny enough I, I've read the Bible for 30 you know when I wrote the book I'd written the book I've read the Bible for 30 years and I'd never made the correct connection between 1 Corinthians 12 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 Corinthians 14 and in the sense that you tend to read the Bible in bits mm. you know and so you've got Paul at the end of uh, 1 Corinthians 12, you know, talking about uh, spiritual gifts. And he says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, uh, healing uh, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. And then goes and say, and now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding uh, gong, a, a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but if I do not have love, I'm nothing. And, and just this idea that love is so fundamental. And, it, you know, and then in, in this passage that most of the time we read at weddings, mm-hmm. actually Paul's saying, this is the, if you, if you want to know how to operate in any spiritual gift, this is the standard. Mm-hmm. And I think, and then when I, you know, the other verse that's really informed me is 1 Corinthians 14, which is follow the way of love. So he's just explained what love actually looks like. Love's not a sentiment. It's not some sort of gushy feeling it's actually like you know it, it always hopes it always protects always trusts always um perseveres love never fails that's what he's talking about when he then says follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts especially that you the gift of prophecy because i think ultimately um, what i took from that was if you love people you want you will want them to know god's heart for them mm. a- and if you love them you will you will do it in a way that means that they, at the end of it, don't feel like they've been um, played, processed, but they feel like, you know, they've been the, in that moment, they've kind of been the centre of God's attention in the universe. So I think those verses have written, and it took me, a, you know, I've known bits of it, but I think really understanding how important it is when you're, you know, this, when I read this, I just thought, you know, when I'm talking to somebody, that is the standards, and, and, and recognising you know, we're all human, we all make mistakes, and I've made plenty, that, but actually love is so, so important. Mm. Um, have really formed, you know, in how, not just how I think about it, but actually how I speak to people and how I treat people. Of course, when we talk about prophecy, but in life in general, you know, these are people, whoever we're talking with, you, you guys, you know, you're, you are dearly loved by the creator of the universe and his mm. heart 
is for you. Yeah. And, you know, that's ultimately, you want people to leave this encounter knowing that they're known and that they're seen and that God's with them and he's in it. He's got a plan. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, those verses are really, that's really informed my kind of thinking yeah. on that. Amazing. Seems so simple, but it's such, it's such a hard thing in many ways as well. Love being the center and trying to, I suppose, when you're um, hearing from God, trying to remember that as kind of a foundation. Yeah. It's such, a, such an important thing. Yeah. Um, so our theme today is kind of being brave and stepping out and, yeah. and, and hearing from God. And um, I think for some of the guys listening today, that's a really scary thing. Yeah. So what advice would you give um, to people listening who kind of, they want to step out, they want to listen from God. What, what advice would you give to them? I think, I think uh, there's a couple of things. The first thing is um, God is far more, I mean, it's, this is all relationship. You know, if you approach God like, please will you speak to me like, you know, genie kind of, you know, in a bottle, it not, doesn't work like that. You know, God wants to speak to us because he loves us mm -hmm. uh, in the same way that I want to speak to my kids because I love them. And, you know, what we see in the Bible again and again and again is God wanting to reveal his heart to his friends, whether it's, you know, in the Old Testament says, you know, I won't do anything without first showing it to showing, telling my prophets, the prophets are my friends. Or Jesus saying in John, John's gospel, um, you're no longer servants, but you're friends. Mm. And everything that I've heard from the Father, I've made known to you. And this idea that it's relational, I think changes everything because then it's not hard. You know, it's just, well, the, so that's the first thing is he wants to speak to you. The second thing is he is far more able to speak to you than you are to hear him. So he will work out a way of speaking to you so that you hear, it, so you recognize whether it's through a friend, whether it's through something you read. You know, he primarily speaks through the Bible, as I said. Mm. Um, I think the next uh, thing just um, to remember is that um, he, you know, he is, it is always, whatever he says, the basis and the root of it is always love. Mm. And that's not, as I said, some. Sometimes love is hard and sometimes love is tough and sometimes love says un uncomfortable things. So I think it's just understanding that. But I, and I, but I think, you know, fundamentally, God wants to reveal his heart to his friends. And the, the reason why he speaks, sometimes he'll speak to, for example, he might speak to you about me, is because sometimes he wants to involve us in the process mm. of that in terms of he wants... Sometimes there are people like, if you're caught up in your own stuff, sometimes it's really hard to like, you know, hear God. But, and that's why often a third party, God speaks to one of his friends and says, look, I think they really could do with knowing this. Yeah. And that's relational between you and him. And it also can often build a relationship between you and that person. Not always, because sometimes we, you know, we're, we're talking to complete strangers. But I think, you know, what, what it's for me, Every time I share something that I feel like God might be saying to somebody else, um, honestly, I feel it, it feels massively vulnerable and I still get that horrible sort of lump in my throat. And it always feels like a risk stepping out. But what I've, what I've learned is that God doesn't, he will only lead us where, he's already, where he already is, is the first thing. And I think the other thing is that... Um, it's incremental. So God, for, at least for me, doesn't give me kind of a whole thing all in one go most of the time. He gives me something and then I'll ask a question and then he gives me something else. And then, so it's like, 
going up the stairs. Mm. Um, and that doesn't feel too overwhelming. But however scary it feels, and I recognise sometimes it does feel scary, um, when you see the impact that that has on people's lives, you know, whether it's you know, something like the story I shared or whether, you know, the other stories I talk about in the book, it is just such an incredible privilege to, 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 to be there, to see what happens when God shares his heart with people. Mm. It's, you know, like, it's, it, it is always, for me, I always feel like I'm so glad I did that, apart from when I've, you know, got it horrendously wrong, in which case that's, that's often been about how I... Sometimes it's about how I've done something, rather I've forgotten about love and it's become about me. But I think that those are the important things to remember. And that you know, he want, he, he's speaking to all of us. It's amazing how many people just don't... I mean, he's really practical. So I did this thing in one of the, the courses I ran where I said, how many of you have been about to shut the front door and you've suddenly had this thought, you've left the keys behind, you know, you're about to lock yourself out. And loads of hands went up. And I said, look, I, what, what if, just what if, and I bet loads of people watching... That's happened. And I said, what if that was God? I said, why wouldn't he care that you lock yourself out? And people, you know, because he's really practical as well. And I think it's when people see actually, oh, you know, or have you ever called, have you ever, someone's come to mind and you've ever just called them, they've gone, I can't believe you called, mm -hmm. that's so weird. Yeah. And like, oh, actually, yeah. what if that was God? Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it definitely was, but what if? Yeah. Mm. And I think it's helping people to see that actually he does speak, he doesn't, well, if he just spoke to spiritual giants, he wouldn't be speaking to me, but because he's speaking to everybody all the time because he loves them. Mm. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. Thanks so much, Bill, for Not at all. sharing everything. So it's out on the 30th of, 30th of September, and I think there's going to be a little promo code that comes yeah. up. So if you're watching this on Sunday, the whatever it is, the uh, 14th, 19th, <laughs> um, uh, this is for you. You get a special discount code just for today. If you're watching this on Monday and Tuesday or Tuesday or whenever else, really sorry you've missed it. But for, day, for today only, there is a special discount code. So you go to the muddypearl.com slash Emmaus Road off RD offer slash and then you use the code EMRDTGW. And that, that, if you do that, they will send you one copy that you've bought and another copy for free to give to somebody else. Brilliant. Amazing. Cool. Thanks so much, Bill.